Hello, welcome back to Ramblings of Self-Discovery. I thought I'd talk today a little bit about, um, well, I guess my experience was after getting over the initial shock of being single and what that felt like to me well the shocking part of it was that you don't really have my anyone to well my what I even said to my my now ex-husband but back when we were splitting up I was crying and asking him who was going to hold my hair when I was sick and I I think I even asked him would he come and take care of me if I got really sick um, which he actually said yes to at the time. Uh, but of course, situations uh, change those kind of sentiments when they're said, which isn't surprising. Um, I think he meant it when he said it, and I know I was petrified about what being alone meant. And uh, really, if I got really sick, um, I'd be on my own. Um, but... Uh, I think what that ended up doing, I think what happens with a lot of people, and I know a lot of divorced um, people at this point, uh, I'm 51, and, um, well, what ends up happening is you feel an overwhelming sense of desperation, um, which I have seen in other people as well, who have been um, thrown or tossed into the realm of single life or being single after having been married for many years, uh, is people are just desperate to fill the void that has now been created by the absence of this partner or spouse. Um, For me... That feeling was very overwhelming. I I didn't know what to do with the silence um, or myself, uh, <laughs> other than, as we discussed before, the masturbation um, efforts to understand my sexuality a bit better. Aside from that, you can't do that all day. If you did, um, you'd have no time for anything else, and I think the beauty of it would wear off eventually. Just get, uh, you can't uh, eat steak for all day long either. We were to equate sex with steak. Um, but the silence and the, uh, the aloneness uh, and the loneliness being alone and being lonely are are different. They're closely related, I think, but they are different. And, um, gosh, I I didn't know how to manage myself. And sometimes when you're in the silence, this kind of unwanted silence, excuse me, uh, I think the first attempt or the first um, impulse is to just fill it. And so... In this world, today, we have all kinds of ways to do that, even more so, I guess, than in other times. 
And online dating, I think, is probably the first thing newly single people do uh, with themselves to manage the time they have, the extra time, the, the silence, and the alone and loneliness. So yeah, that's um, that's <laughs> that's what I did. I went on a really popular free website for dating. And it was truly full of, I think, people trying to be something they're not. But I thought to myself, there has to be someone out there like me who's kind of normalish or averageish, not too crazy, and just looking for someone to be with. Although I was unaware, really, that I was trying to fill the void of loneliness and the void really that of having a spouse, which you really can't fill on a whim on a dating site. The only way to manage the, the hole caused by the splitting of splitting up of your main relationship or a main relationship is to go inward to yourself and into your mind and really allow yourself to feel whatever crops up. Uh, I, I didn't do that. I, um, I, I'm not sure I was even aware. I mean, I was aware that I felt horrible and that I had this, this, um, overwhelming sense of loss, but it didn't occur to me that it probably wasn't a great idea to start online dating immediately. Um, but I did. So, uh, I met some unkind people. I also met some a couple of kind men who um, many years later, I mean, I've been on my own for 10 years, and so I would say I met a couple of really kind people um, six plus years ago, so kind of early on, maybe even in the first couple of years, who I'm still friends with, uh, one of whom I didn't really end up doing anything romantically with and the other one I briefly had a romance with um, and he decided at one point he wanted kids and I wasn't the person to do it with Uh, which was true I was definitely done Um, so that ended but you know there are some nice people out there I have to say that and I do know some people who have found permanent or well there's no such thing as a permanent partner let's be real but um, they found other relationship uh, people to begin a new part of their life with. So, But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. Um, when I was initially online dating, uh, I think what ended up happening is I tolerated or <clears throat> accepted more rude or unkind people or um, men um, because I just wanted someone rather than no one. And that is, uh, by my estimation, a terrible way to go about dating and to go about looking for a relationship is, you know, anything is better than nothing. Um, No, sometimes nothing is far better than anything. 
we all, if we ignore what it is we need and what our instincts are telling us because we're desperate to have anything instead of nothing, I think we can cause a lot of injury to ourselves and injury to other people. Uh, But of course, when you're the one going into these things injured, you're not really worrying about what someone else might feel. Sorry for the shuffling. I was getting myself under a cozy, fluffy blanket. Um, Yeah, so I'm not sure that I've really ended up hurting anyone myself. I think I was more on the receiving end of unkindness because I just had this air of desperation, which, as I mentioned before, anyone can really sense that. And once they sort of, I think, get the flavor for it, they pretty much, well, I'd say the the nice men run away from it and the unkind ones probably take advantage of it. Uh, either way, I don't necessarily lay blame on others. Um, it's tempting and it feels better temporarily to do that, but truthfully, um, we're all adults and I certainly was an adult and uh, knowingly subjected myself to situations with men who were less than thoughtful towards me. Um, those people exist. Uh, we have to be aware. I, I, I was like a deer in the headlights, honestly. Um, I didn't really know anything about dating. Uh, full disclosure, when I got married, I was a virgin, and um, <laughs> my my experience entering the dating world was, I, I mean, I just didn't have any. My last experience dating was when I was, before married, you know, 18, 19 years old. Uh, I, I was 18 when I had my first kiss, so I, I guess one might say I was a late bloomer, and ended up marrying the first man who asked, which was my husband. Um, I also should confess that while this has no bearing on my husband's value, um, when he asked, I said yes, probably more out of a fear of being alone and kind of assuming it would be hard to meet someone else who might ask. which clearly has a lot to do with my self-worth at that time, which was pretty low by my estimation. Um, That said, uh, again, as I've said before, my my husband was uh, a great dad and was a good partner to make a family with, so I don't have any regrets. Um, However... Uh, our our self-worth certainly comes into play in a lot of things, in relationships especially, well, in everything. And um, in this online dating experience, exiting the marriage I had and stemming from this massive void and sense of loss, all it really did was um, cause me some heartbreak and... It was an escape more than anything to just not have to manage or feel what it is I was feeling. 
So the moral of the story there really is not to escape our emotions for too long. I suppose there's some kind of self-preserving value in a little bit of escape while while people are um, in the throes of the, the biggest pain that our relationship can cause. But if we stay in that escape for too long and we run away from the silence and the loneliness, uh, we never really learn from anything. And I don't think we can really put our finger on the pulse of our own emotions. And without doing that, I think it's fair to say that we can't really find a healthy relationship when we're uh, escaping. Uh, Escape will only really land you in something relatively unhealthy or um, rooted in maybe the wrong premise. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously speaking from my own experience, but... Um, I have sort of pulled, taken little mini surveys of friends of mine or just observed their behavior and listened to how they speak about their own experiences. And I have garnered some some idea about the pattern uh, that certainly played out in my own life, which definitely began with escape. And denial, I suppose, is part of that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily bad to, to have some negative experiences because negative experiences in dating that is. So early on in my attempts at trying to find anyone or someone to fill the void, um, it almost did force me to learn because I ended up with, um, dating experiences that were educational. None of them went anywhere as far as relationship. But I'm not sure that that's the the only way to find value in these in in life and in in these certainly these attempts of mine to fill the void. Um for one uh one major part of or one major positive outcome of some of my experiences or my attempts at dating was getting to kind of find my sexuality and what what was I attracted to, um, what did I like, and and I didn't really have answers for these sorts of things. I only ever wanted my husband, and that's what I knew, uh, and. At no point did my in my marriage did I actually assess the question, do I like what I have? Is this a... I mean, I really had nothing to compare anything with. And um, when you're in a marriage, you know, you don't often give yourself a license to question your partner's existence in your life, whether they're good for you. I mean, it's you're already married, so people, I think, are even afraid to ask themselves... Is my spouse good for me? Am I good for my spouse? Uh, so it's kind of a hindsight sort of deal. I mean, people can do this and probably do do this in their marriage, assess 
the appropriateness and the connectivity and the compatibility of their current partner and spouse. Uh, it's not something I did, and I think that people who do it, it's it's a, a hard, it can be a hard thing to do because if you arrive at an answer that is not in favor of your current partner or spouse, then what do you do with that? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you arrive at the conclusion that your spouse isn't really great for you or you are not um, great for them, what do you do with that? It's it's so I'll leave that question hanging there because if you're with someone and you're wondering the same thing or you have not thought to ask that question um I mean maybe it's good to ask it maybe it isn't um I would say that if people are unhappy and unfulfilled and that's not to say all marriages are completely fulfilling. I mean, I think they they take a lot of work, obviously. Um, but there is, there must be, and is, I believe, a threshold beyond which we would say this is just not working for either of us. And what do we do with that? But people are afraid of that question because the answer has ramifications and consequences. You know, what do you do with it when you're in it? I mean, obviously people get divorced, but divorce isn't easy for 99% of us. I think maybe it's easy for a very rare few, if at all. Even if people come to a conclusion that their divorce is no longer functioning well and nobody is benefiting and they've tried everything, um, it really is not an easy decision to decide to split. Uh, if one person is the one deciding, that's not easy, even though the other person who is on the receiving end of this decision, which was the case with myself, uh, it's very full of rejection and scary. And oftentimes the one who is deciding or making the decision to leave um, has another sort of plan in their head or maybe even another person in their head to go to or they think they can go to. Um at any rate, in the hindsight of myself looking at the compatibility of my my husband and I, I did sort of realize that we were missing a lot of things. So it, it's it's the failed relationship dating attempts that I made post-divorce uh, that were, and I tend to be a self-reflective and self-analytical person anyway, and by nature... Uh, I was just stuck with looking back on my marriage while experiencing these new experiences and realizing like some of these things that I'm experiencing in the present, even physically, even sexually, I had never even felt those sensations while married. And it forced me to ask, why on earth would I feel this now with someone who is a new acquaintance and not feel this physical sensation with my husband who I was married to for 20 years um, I can only come up with well so far have come up with the fact that baggage plays a role in certainly my own sexual expression and reception and um, negative baggage and 
perhaps just history even, although I'm not convinced history alone is a negative um, aspect to enjoying sex, but negative baggage would be, and I think maybe more so for women, although I'm not a man, so I can't verify that sentiment, but um, for me, the negative emotions by baggage we're talking about, you know, big fights and disagreements and hurt feelings and injuries, emotional injuries that can occur in a marriage or perhaps in a marriage that is maybe, excuse me, hiccups between two people that are compatible in some ways and not compatible in other ways. Excuse me. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard reality to look at and to look back and think, oh, were we really that compatible? Or we were that compatible for a time and now we are not. And is that so terrible? Is it a failure to have evolved beyond being compatible with one person for decades? Um, I'm not convinced it's wrong or bad or a failure to recognize that people just don't fit together anymore physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, Again, I'm not trying to promote divorce. I'm trying to promote authenticity and genuineness in a relationship. And I do know it's not uncommon for married people to stay married while they feel little to nothing for each other romantically uh, and do few things, if anything, together anymore. And what holds them together is finances, children, jobs, proximity, house, those things. And that's a whole other um, subject we'll probably get into another time. But um, yeah, I mean, dating early on in the pain and the throes of my my marital breakup was educational. Um, it forced me to look at a lot of things and feel a lot of things. Uh, and I mean, I did end up having some better sex uh, uh, than in my marriage. And it took me a while to realize what that was and to realize what kind of significance that was. Um, I think it just highlighted the fact that for some reason um, uh, later on in my marriage my husband and I just failed to connect and the baggage outweighed the connection so the, the, the negative baggage became too much and too great to allow space for positive emotional and sexual connection and I don't fault anyone for that. I think that's just the dynamic of two people and us two people, my husband and I. And it's probably not uncommon. So um, (laughs) what is the summary? I mean, it's okay, I suppose, to go out and date, uh, but it's good to know what we're doing and what we're feeling. And escape is fine for a little while, but growth only happens when you're taking a real hard look and an honest look at yourself, and that doesn't happen when you're escaping. So on that note, 
I'm uh, going to sign off and go finish fluffing my Christmas tree um, because it's half fluffed and it looks like it got run over by a truck <laughs> on the top half of it. So until next time, um, food for thought. Bye.